Welcome to the OCR Disrupt Podcast with your hosts Nick Day and James Rockley. As a preface to this podcast, we've managed to split it into part A and part B. So enjoy part A, listen, subscribe, review, share, and then when you get a moment, listen to part B. Welcome back to the OCR podcast episode number four. I'm joined, or we're joined, me and James are joined by Becky Randall today. Oh, Becky Randall. <laughs> Becky Randall, sorry, my bad. <laughs> we're joined today with Becky Randall from Team Phoenix. James obviously is here again in our standard planned podcast, as they always are. We're going to talk today about the OCR Worlds. Obviously, everyone knows the results. We're not going to go through those again, but we've got a few things we want to punch through. But we're going to take advantage of having Becky with us because we want to bring the women into the debate a little bit. We've got two debates, which are female focused one of which is how can we get more women into the elite races I think at the Spartan race that Becky did recently there were only six women on the start line so we're going to talk about that where did you come in that race Becky? <laughs> <laughs> I've come fifth before <laughs> so we'll talk about well, how we get more women into elite races and also whether or not weights and heights and obstacles generally should be the same for women as they should be for men so we're going to tackle both of those questions what else are we going to talk about James? well good question so after a long run run of the UK actually UK's attempt at an obstacle racing world championships we'll be heading into those should you be forced out of an age category after a number of years but you are naturally forced out after a number of years because oh, you go to the go. next stage category here we go um, <laughs> that wasn't then, what you meant was it? no it's not at all what I meant but should you be forced out if you've won it or should you be forced into the um, elite race if you've won or done well in age category uh, we've got some kit reviews as well we're going to again utilise Becky's expertise as ambassador for Innovate because she tested out their new graphene shoes at the OCR World and another race Challenge Cup Challenge Cup so if you saw Becky's results it sounds like they're pretty good so we're going to talk about those we are recording as usual at Bournemouth University of which James doesn't go to and I don't go to and <laughs> Becky, <laughs> Becky just told us we're apparently we're recording in the boardroom yeah <laughs> Well, we've got classy taste, haven't we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one at Bournemouth University will be listening to this, so we should be all right. What about we've got a far reach again? Yeah, so I find out after slagging off Poland in one of these episodes that our biggest listener base is in Poland. Outside of the UK, 30% of our entire listener base is Polish. Yeah, and I called them all cheats. Brilliant. But I don't, I don't think, think I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be working for the European Championships in Poland next year, am I? <laughs> OCR Disrupt, attempting to tackle controversial conversations. Let's start with the world zone. Let's start with Becky, because she's really confident and desperate to get her voice on this podcast. So we're going to crack on and say, Becky, tell us about your experience at the Worlds, because you smashed it. Um, yeah, I did all three races. There were four. Four? No, I didn't actually do the, the charity one, did so I? So you're saying that's not a real race, charity race? It's not a competitive race. You... So in your mind, you wouldn't call that a race? Yes, I'd say it was a charity race. Do you want the children to die? No, <laughs> I should have done the charity race. There we go. I can see why people don't like you too. Okay. It's so easy. Taking candy for my baby. You want to me? I ran three races. Tell us about your three races. Um, so I had the short course on Friday. Um, I've only done the short course at Euros, although I didn't complete that. Many people did. And I did surge once before this year, so it's kind of like my first big short course race. Um, it went well, I came 29th, but I probably could have done a little bit better than that if I hadn't so taken some time breathing before the obstacles. I think the obstacles weren't too difficult for that length, but and they were, they were quite well spaced, like my forearms weren't too tired. But you were the fastest UK elite, elite. finisher? Yeah. Team Phoenix? Which is- and yeah, it went well, but I definitely could have gone faster if I hadn't taken time before I started to like, I don't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just standing there and breathing. So you're saying running breathing is overrated? <laughs> Basically, as a physiologist, <laughs> breathing is overrated. I think I was just, I wasn't taking the risk because I hadn't done too, like I'd never done worlds before. This is my first world championship, mm. so I hadn't done many short course races. And because it's such a short race, that, that becomes a larger proportion of the time that you're racing for. So it shifted me down the rankings. So you're more nervous than usual, being the world's first world's feet? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't really often feel nervous because for me, like... In my childhood, I did a lot of gymnastics, and nothing really compares to standing on a beam in a leotard in front of judges, trying to do a routine yeah, when you're as well, five yeah. years old. <laughs> so running races don't don't really compare. I mean, there was pressure for sure, but it's not really the same as nerves. So, how much did you know all the pre-chat? Everyone saying Phoenix has an ex- you know an advantage because it's on a home territory, but obviously we didn't know some of the obstacles. We hadn't seen some of them before, like snitch and other stuff like that. Yeah. How much did that give for you an advantage for you? 
I think with a short course there wasn't much advantage because it wasn't taking up a lot of the land and there weren't many nuclear obstacles, so I think it would be more advantageous to have done some of the things like Skitch and Phosphite, but they weren't really that difficult. No, I'd agree. So yeah. I don't think anyone... I think it was quite level for, for the short course. Perhaps the longer race, maybe there was more advantage if anybody has raced at nuclear before, just because they know the land and have been on the obstacles before. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it but was really reflected in how many... Ten... Wild Forest nuclear yeah, teams people got podiums. Yeah, but also so, people do the races, not I'll, just the team. We've had some criticism saying, "Oh, it must have been biased because Phoenix, you know, did really well." But actually, we also really? won the league anyway. We've got this, last year; we had the strongest team, so we should do well regardless of the course. We should, yeah, our team it's should hard to be expected. Also, Mustacol athletes also did really well, but yeah. they also have a really good team. So yeah. I think it's quite natural that, regardless yeah. of where it would have been held, that we would have done well in my yeah. view. Yeah. No, it's probably a fair point. I still think there was a little bit of an advantage. So what do you think overall? What do you think overall of the Worlds? Because well, so we got a bit of, those that don't know, we get some, a lot of feedback from these podcasts, and mm. we got one particular piece of feedback that uh, went to James that was pretty unhappy with our pre-review of the Worlds, where we hadn't, didn't get to see the obstacles early, and we felt like there was a bit yeah. of a low press. In the UK. In the UK, and we were like, you know, people were struggling to get hyped up about it. I certainly was. What did we think, despite that was our criticism pre-race fair did it live up to expectations did they exceed expectations James I don't think it felt the same when we were there but then again I think maybe the event village was a lot further away than you know to the hotels than it was in previous years so you're going to have less people hanging around to get there and back wasn't exactly easy people had to pay for car parking so they didn't go down if they weren't racing Um, so I think it was definitely a different atmosphere I, I thought it was a pretty good race though. I thought they enjoyed it it came yeah. off better than I thought it was going to I the weather definitely helped. think weather helped it had it massively. been pouring I think yeah. it could have been an absolute disaster yeah and I think nuclear um, took over at one point and really saved it from what I could see from them running around so I think nuclear really did a lot more work towards it than is known so I think that would have helped a lot as well and there were some interesting obstacles well, looking back at the footage where I apologise I can't think of the name who was leaving at the t- uh, leading at the time when Lindsay Webster took her out on the Either. zip line Susanna could come over and, uh, yeah. and she worked so they hard were, to get were, a big yeah. lead and the problem is you listen to instruction well no she came down too soon because yeah, so you're told you must hit the wall first yeah but they come down halfway. Yep. She lost a huge yeah. lead that she'd built up. Lindsay Wells went straight through, and yeah. she's out, and the other one's still in the water. Yeah. Um, I, I still have a few question marks, particularly with the weather holding out, as to whether you should have a death slide. I love a death slide for a fun race, but in a World Champs, where you're not really, you've got to wait until it's safe to go, number one. Yep. You know, there's an advantage on lanes, number two, yeah. which you can't, you know, you have to go to lane that's free. If you're in the near side, it's easier than to swim around, and you just yeah. avoid everyone. Anyone can navigate the obstacle, providing you can swim. Yeah. I'm not sure that. It's not a score that is, should be in a world champs, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think that was why they did it. I thought they put it in more as a we're a fun race to show the fun side of it, while having the competitive side of the world championships as well. I think it sort of added something new. Again, didn't do it. So I would say what would be quite fun is you have those obstacles in the journeyman, but not nearly. That way, if you are going to do all four races, you're still experiencing something a little bit different on your final day. But if we took things away from the elite. If you take the death slide out of the elite race, then there's always going to be a couple of elite people that are like, well, we want to go on the slide. Yeah, well, they go do the journeyman race. You're not going to do the elite race and then do the journeyman race and then do the team race the next day and then do... And I get free entry next year if you do. Mm. But I think part of the challenge is because um, of the cold. Like That introduces the cold, the water aspect. Yeah. And the race organisers could just put it, you swimming through the water or just walking through the water. But then if you've got a slide, then you might as well go down the slide to the water because yeah. walking well, through the water is a boring version of getting cold. Yeah, sure. But I mean, ultimately, I was quite surprised. I thought it was a really, really good race, mm-hmm. the way they yeah. structured it. I thought the red bag carry through the woods at the start was a really good way of splitting the field. Yeah. But I just thought that, you know, in terms of the way they thought about the setup, it worked, it worked really well. So my family came and supported me, yeah. which involved my parents. Oh, yeah. You know, Rebecca was always, I was quite vocal about this you at the are. event. Right? And I, by the way, I think the race was excellent and they had some great stuff. So I'm taking that away. The idea of the tent going through, watching that bit, yeah. spectator friendly, fine, right? But. When you've got kids and family coming to watch you for potentially two days, three days, if you're on, you know, you'd be racing the whole time, which my family did, bless them, they were bored mm. senseless. There wasn't even a bouncy castle. I mean, something like a bouncy castle can keep a child entertained for, for hours. There was nothing also to inspire young kids to do obstacle racing. Mm. There was no mini 
races, no mini obstacles, even just some mini hang tough rings that they can just swing on a mini monkey like bar. Like nuclear normally. Yeah, I was going to say like nuclear normally have. So I, I'm assuming this isn't down to nuclear. Yeah. I don't understand why it wasn't there. There was certainly space for it. I mean, acres and acres of fields. Mm-hmm. And my kids, actually, they end, a lot of the children end up playing on obstacles which they shouldn't have been on, including mine, which is a health and safety risk in its own, or be it parental responsibility there. But they were so bored. Luckily, the weather held out. And I don't think there's any excuse not to have something for yeah, children yeah. to do. And I think if we're trying to inspire the next generation of OCR races, and we're going to talk about debate about aren't enough women on the elite line, but it starts at grassroots level, there was nothing to get any child or, or youth athlete from any age, my, my children are four and nine, mm. to get excited about the sport apart from watching us. Yeah, I think that was Euro and Euros, and that was what was brilliant about Euros, is that in the middle of the 400-metre track that we were at for mm. the event start line, and finish line there was a variety of different obstacles there was flying monkeys there was different grip attachments you could train on there was some of the nuts that you could practice on and we went to Toughest Oslo loads of stuff for kids really family friendly and the kids want to go back my kids are in tears on the final day because they didn't want to go anymore Mm -hmm. and that's in good weather they were just bored yeah look great race love the tent love that piece there were some really really good elements to it but I think they missed the mark on making it family friendly and I'm going to really struggle to get my family to go next year which is going to affect the revenue that they make because my family are spending money on food yeah, yeah. in all the bits that, that made the event and, and the atmosphere and spectator sport there was nothing for them to do so that's, that's issue number one my issue number two was the numbering or the where the obstacles are now we all know what a dragon's back is because we race my parents don't know a dragon's back yeah Right? And the weird and wonderful names they come up with, if you're trying to watch yeah. your people, and that personally for me, they missed my entire finish. Luckily, it was late in my anticipation. <laughs> well, that's another map. They missed it because after we went through the bomb drop, they went down to Ninjurings rather than the Dog Alley. They don't know what the names of things are. Nothing was numbered. And just, I understand things have to change, but they could look at a reference and go, well, that's number 11. So clearly, that's early in the race because that's number 52. Yeah. You have an idea of where to go. It's a really simple thing to do. Yeah, I like that. Some labelling or some arrows, you know, or something on the lines that says this is where they go next for the spectators. Because whilst we know what things are, and whilst they even have a course map, actually, you look at the course map and you're in. It's not 100% correct, is it? Well, also, it's hard to get a bearing of where you are, even from yeah. a course map, if you don't know what the obstacles yeah, are. True. You know, and they have some brilliant names Isotope, Dragon's Back, Skull Valley. My opponent's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't know where to bloody well go. Mm. And they, would, they actually, I couldn't find them at the finish because they were still by the injuries, wondering, thinking I'd had an accident somewhere because <laughs> I hadn't come through and I'd done that like miles earlier in the race. Yeah. So yeah. they're my two big improvements. And we've had loads of good airspace from other, other people talking about how great the race was. And I think it was a triumph in many ways it that really- we didn't expect. Yeah. but I think there were some huge rooms for improvement as well yeah any other issues about the world what do we think about the band system in terms of completion it was about right wasn't it yeah, and it was, was well it? balanced I don't know um, I can't remember I can't come with this podcast where we sorry I've seen the stats and I've forgotten you knew you were just <laughs> on this show two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. two, two minutes ago. isn't she a doctor of research something like that yeah that's why we brought her in <laughs> yeah so, you can take a horse to water <laughs> you can't drown it <laughs> hit their targets then I guess they did I think it was about 70% completion yeah but actually some of the obstacles surprised me took loads of bands like Minions took bands and yeah. was, you know Minions took so many I know, bands I know so I didn't so use my feet on it I did the journeyman wave at the end of the, the day it was covered in mud and I just like oh, mate. monkey by the cross it's it's you are. <laughs> just pick a different technique if you can't stand on it for 25 minutes Let's qualify and then have a voice oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for your toughest <laughs> But also, I think the uh, the rope traverse took quite a few bands. Oh, really? But then people on it. It was quite a long rope traverse if you're not used to it. It's, yeah, it's just hard work, that, isn't it? So that took a few. A skull valley obviously took loads. Mm-hmm. Um, Placement of the, in the race. I think it was good that they put a gap in the middle of the Verton Saga yeah. rig. Or two gaps. When I saw it, I was like, oh, oh that's tasty. Mm-hmm. And then I realised they put a gap in and was like, eh. But actually, I think maybe that was best for the race. But it did mean that, you know, if you literally reached out on the middle one where it was like the spiral monkey bars, you could reach halfway and swing and hit the bell. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, have to move yeah, my hands on it at one point. Mm-hmm. So like, there were some obstacles taken out again. Right, there was the barrel taken out, which we didn't get to do. Um, Ski, yeah. Fire flip, the caterpillar. caterpillar. Yeah, which was a bit disappointing, obviously, because while oh, let's be honest, caterpillars for breakfast. Take uh, that, one. <laughs> that, that was a huge epic fail. Yeah. that we should mention in the three in the short course. I was there in the queue two minutes before they took yeah. it out. Yeah. But what a joke! But also, they took it out midway through a wave. Yes. Which is a stupid thing because half the wave had done it, half the wave hadn't done it. Results invalid. You know. I mean, fair play. They held their hands up and said we got it wrong. But there were some simple things which you should have known was going wrong when you have like six bars to give out and you let the waves go yeah you've got 15 lanes and so on there are people on podium that were in those early waves that may never have been there had they been in the later waves yeah. and that's, that's fact although the only good benefit is for those that haven't seen the footage of when the changeover happens 
definitely check it out because Robin doing the Casper is one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever is. seen. I was there with him. I mean, he said he lost a lot of time in the queue. It wasn't the queue that lost him the time, but him <laughs> doing a Caterpillar is just hilarious. I mean, it was worth it. So I'm not going to give the OCR world too much of a hard time because <laughs> although I think it was horrendous that that was a big error in a short course race, the comedy value of watching Robin do the Caterpillar, which I will put a link to in the episode notes so everyone can watch. The comedy value of watching Robin do anything. I mean... <laughs> He did really well over the course of two days. Him and Andrew did really well. They're just so competitive with each other. They were, when I saw them in the main race, they were within like seconds of each other. Yeah, I think one of them finished two seconds in front. One second apart, yeah. Didn't Robin win? No, I'm not. Well, we know who our favourite listener is this month. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Andrew. Well done, Andrew, yes. Uh, Well, I think uh, there might be an award winner later for Robin on the Caterpillar. I'll think of a name. So I wanted to add, in addition to the the world's feedback, obviously we thought it was a good race, and it seems to be that's the general the general feedback. We had some comments on our website as well. Uh, Brett James McCall said the short course queuing to even start was my only low light. I was in a pen an hour, which kind of puts that into perspective. James Allen said that his highlights were getting over the walls and jumping all the initial ditches on the Saturday. Uh, low light though, still being in hospital. For those not aware, James Allen cut his leg. Uh, he got infected and he spent two weeks in hospital and he's still on crutches now, uh, a month later. Um, so uh, I've, I've seen the cut, it's pretty gross. Jesse Betts' highlight was uh, the event in general. Low light being held up on the 3K race. I totally get the frustration. Jesse is one of the top athletes we've got in the UK OCR scene and he'd been training for, towards a top 20 goal for most of the year. And to lose out on that opportunity, to the lanes of weren't kept clear must be incredibly frustrating totally understand that frustration there as well Karen Ward was a spectator and a supporter so her highlight was seeing that the UK had made so many improvements to their obstacle game and the atmosphere within the team I totally agree with that Karen and she did make a huge shout out to Road to Worlds as well on the PT bar which is obviously where she did her training but like we've already mentioned she did feel like the weather played a huge part and saved the Worlds as well Mark Poulter said overall great events but there were some simple things that could be made better all toilets were full to the brim on Sunday and would have been great to have had the big screen like a normal nuclear totally agree and i'm not the, not the first time we've heard that as well i think a big live screen would be fantastic and definitely an improvement that could that is achievable it's achievable for the world so i think that's a good thing again he mentions that there should be a clearer spectator path to the water zones i think we've tackled that a little bit in terms of the markings but i think yeah some easier pathways to get there would be useful as well particularly because it's quite fun to watch people coming down the slide uh, nick sylvie said the atmosphere and team uk supporting presence enjoyed the whole event so yeah pretty good feedback overall which i think we're we're getting that taste of that here Do we think we're going to have a bigger intake next year because people are arriving on the wave of enthusiasm or do we think the Americans and those that came aboard for it are going to go... Because the feedback I have from the Americans generally was really positive. Mm. I think all of the Scandinavians I spoke to, they loved it because they'd never done a race like that before. Um, so they absolutely adored it. So I think they'll all be back with more of them, obviously. Which is good because it'll be harder next year. Yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope they make it'll it harder. It'll be increased, I think. They've changed the system though, haven't they? They have. I wouldn't surprise me if they sort of went, you become the overall world championship by winning all of them as a timed thing. You know, like oh, the spark. Of- yeah, yeah, so if you win the first one by two minutes, but you lose the second one by one minute, and you win the first one by a minute, then you win. Yeah, like the trifecta world championships. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. Also, and this isn't a dig at them, I think that's a financially better way of doing it for them. Because if you're putting out one lot of prize money for four races, hey, win, quits in. Well, I didn't do very well at the Worlds this year. I didn't do as well Did as I thought. No, 39th in my age group. Oh, I thought that was for age. So, not as well as I'd hoped, but I did win Pint, which was quite cool. And I won it from someone's, it. a world champion's dad. Oh, good old Graham. And I think I directly contributed to John's world championship win by reducing his stress levels. Indeed. So, yeah, I'm sure he was stressed. I'm going to make a little shout out to myself. <laughs> You see what I have to work with here? Yeah. Because the day before the race, he was walking around with Ross Brackley. He lost, I was walking back to the car. What did I find on the floor? A wad of cash, driving license, bank cards, car keys. So I found the car by pressing a little buzzer. I thought I'll put it inside. On the driving license was Mr. John Alban. I was like, oh, this is quite exciting. I know John. This is my chance to say, hey, John. I'm me. You've got idea where I am. So I went, went to see uh, Rachel Ann. I was like, well, has John registered? She's like, yeah, he's registered. I said, well, how did he register? Because I've got his ID. <laughs> my little thing. Sassy. Oh, there you go. It was a big statement. You can't register without it. Couldn't find him. So I phoned the number that was on the back of the keys, which was John's dad. And he was oh, like, cute. you need to find him. You need to find him. You know, he's got my car. He's borrowed my car for the weekend. So you need <laughs> to find him. my keys. Yeah, yeah, that's my size. Okay. So I went around to try to find him for a while. Ask people to locate him. Eventually did 
found John, which is great, gave him the keys, averted an issue. To be fair, John had absolutely no idea was in play. He's like, thanks for you know, finding something I didn't even know I'd lost them. Mm-hmm. Apparently he'd thrown them at uh, Ross Blackley and Ross Blackley was supposed to pick them up and he hadn't done so. I was kind of hoping they were in crisis mode and I was only going to be the, 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 hero. The, the hero to save it. It didn't happen. They're like, all right, cheers, mate. Done. I was like, oh. Yeah. Nice, uh, will you sign me? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to come 39th tomorrow in my age group. You need to sign me. Uh, but John's dad did promise me a beer, so I'm pulling out there, John's dad, if you're listening. Graham. Graham Alban. Graham Alban owes me a beer, and uh, I'm going to call it in one day, either through John, but I'll see him another way, or through his dad. But, uh, yeah, you know, that could have added to his stress. Lost, lost his dad's yeah. car, could have been stolen. Yeah. You know, question is, out there for listeners, would he have won the World Champs had his dad's car been stolen? He lost his wallet, all his cars. Probably not, he'd still be looking for the car keys now, mate. You know, he would never have made the start line. So, so also, I'm thinking if you want to get your money worth here, money's worth uh, getting to buy you that pint in Oslo. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah. Also, he might be okay if he gets any money from Joe Sennessey. Well, this is it, yeah. If he wins a million pounds, yeah. he'll to buy me a £14 pint. It's Oslo. Graham that's buying the pint here, it's not Joe Sennessey. Oh, yeah. so. But you know, the first thing they do when you win a million pounds is give a little bit of cash to your parents, right? Sure. Without his dad, he would never have got to the race without his car. Well, this is, this is very I'm sure someone would have given him a lift. <laughs> so it's a side note. I feel like I directly affected his stress yeah. levels on race day and allowed him and contributed to his epic wins across the day. We're proud of your contribution. Oh, yes. this second here, I feel like Nick now needs to be nominated for OCR Unsung Hero for saving oh, Glauben's goodness. race. Change the name of life and you'll take it. It'd be fine. Oh. But yeah, no, that's it. But yeah, as you were saying, we need Becky here because neither of us actually do any races. <laughs> <laughs> I make up for the number that you don't do. Yeah, you've done like yeah. six times more races than the two of us combined this year. I checked the uh, Muscle League for how well I did in the league table and realised I didn't do any races. Zero points. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where am I? I'm not qualified. I haven't done any. The Beast wasn't in it. Well, yeah. like, it's funny everyone knew this except me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Not too unhappy. Didn't get any points. Oh, no. OCR Disrupt. Attempting to tackle controversial conversations. This leads us to uh, nicely onto the question of whether or not women should have the same obstacles and the same weights in a race. So, three, two, one, and fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, don't, I don't have an opinion on it really. I just think Becky should take the floor because you race it. I do think there's a slight issue in the fact that, and it kind of links to, we can probably talk about both in the same issue, but I think there's a lack of female leads on the start line it's only been six because there's a fear I think yeah. about some of the obstacles and weights ahead of them so it's easier not to put yourself it's a protection thing isn't it exactly Possibly. Yeah. so question then for you is if you if they reduce the weights and did make things for once a better word easier or more mm. achievable <clears throat> do you think there'd be more women on the start line of the lead race it's an option but I don't think that's what's going to make the difference I don't think that's the thing that's stopping the women either starting on the elite start or starting on the age group start if they're in an open race normally. I don't think the weight and the and the difficulty of the, of the obstacles is what's stopping them. I think it's the actual competition element. It's kind of a separate discussion. In terms of what's going on with the weights at the moment, I'm I'm happy to race as it is. But women are no less competitive than men. This is a podcast, Becky. If you could verbalise the words <laughs> yes. and not just mouth them out loud. <laughs> According to Becky, they are less competitive yeah. than men. <laughs> this is Becky scared to mention I it. Think. <laughs> Well, just from the terms of the numbers, like I, I'm not. I'm competitive and I love racing and I like being on the early start line. I'm confident enough in myself to, to put myself on the line whether or not I'm going to do well. I'm not scared of losing or scared of comparing myself to other people. But I think there are um, more women that, that are scared of that compared to the men. So talking about the weight thing, you made an interesting point off air earlier. Yeah. Where you said you really pleased with your result but you and your recent race at the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. Really pleased with your result in terms of the fact that you won the race which is great yeah congratulations you. but you actually then hoped you would have done better against the men so you graded yourself against them of course you're going to do that yeah. if you're racing the same race with the same weights yeah I would think otherwise yeah. you, you, it's not quite the same so from that assumption I'm assuming you'd rather everything stay the same yeah I think currently it's okay like we have the same um, weight for a lot of races but Spartan doesn't have always the same weight for example the hoist is different the number yeah. of sandbanks is different and I think there's a point where it becomes too heavy and then it would take away the racing element because the majority of women wouldn't be able to do it for example if we tried to do the men's hoist perhaps that would be too much like half the men could yeah. do it yeah, yeah that's but what I was going to say I can't do it other races oh. for example nuclear the bombs the same weight the, atlas, you know, the sandbags are the same for a lot of races and worlds and it works fine but yeah, I do, because there's not as many women racing, I do compare myself against the men's results. And so that helps if you're racing the same race, definitely. But also if you're starting at the same time, like I'm, I like racing at the same time as the men. Because okay. there was a change, wasn't there, about the start 
because this year we had a separate women's start and men's start for elite um, for Spartan, which is good as long as there's a big enough gap. But then you kind of lose the competition element because it's so sparse in the women's races. We're not got no one to race against. Mm. Like if you're, especially with Spartan with the burpees, if you're three minutes behind and you can't see the next woman in front of you, yeah. But then they fail the draw and you don't. Like it's you a fail if there's six people on the start line. That you, you can't. That's not successful. Especially as when the age group races are finishing in better times than the elite races, which is happening. That's happened this year in the women's races and. Why this is the problem with offering prizes at age group though a lot of people aren't doing elite races now so I don't like the Spartan change um, and actually when I've done them I've only ever done the elite ones mm. I'm, I'm not, I don't consider myself an elite I don't, no, I don't like the age group at Spartan I think it's too it's too much of a regional race to yeah. have the distinction yeah, 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 and, and also you know, if you look at other races outside of OCR like road races they allocate those age group prizes after the race like a challenge yeah so I, yeah, I like how challenge and can't do it and makes sense I came from a running background so it makes sense that you know, the people that win the senior race or whatever, the first three people over the line get the, get the awards. Price. Huge then, trophy, by the way. I mean, it was an awesome trophy. We need yeah, more of those in OCR, like yeah, yeah, big-ass trophies like that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and a bit yeah. of shaking up fun. on the start. It was good. Yeah. So I want to start line for you then, at the Worlds next year. Yeah. Would you rather, I'll ask a question from the outset, would you rather all the weights, everything was the same, yeah. you've had a choice, or would you rather, you know there's a heavy hoist in there, for example, that would play on your mind, but it's all the same, or would you rather... What would be your perfect setup? On the whole, I'd rather they were all the same, unless it's something that nearly all the women couldn't do. Okay, so like a hoist that is so like, like the hoist that was heavier than us. The yeah. things we're working at Spartan with the different weights, but then it's all separate. I always get stuck on where you stop. Oh, I, I think I said earlier, like at what point do you just go? Well, women have smaller hands. Let's make smaller bars for them to do monkey bars on. Yeah, women have smaller arm reaches, control. so let's go to making the ring slightly smaller gap between them for a women's lane. And yeah, we want to prove that we can do. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. But then at the Euros, there was a girl on the trapeze. <laughs> I was there she just couldn't reach it she was yeah. very short and no matter how much she so bounced the junior she's just though. too low to get there and that's, yeah. that was a I mean you could be small and be male or female yeah. but typically men are taller so she was definitely at a disadvantage what I remember at Spartan Midlands this year there was probably nine of us on the start line but one of them was the ACR girls and I was really pleased to see her there and I'm, like, and I'm glad that they don't feel too I don't know shy or, yeah. or worried to start on the start line with people. Us. <laughs> yeah but you so, know, they so, could have easily not been so what's the answer how do we get more women in elite mm-hmm. races? Not sure. I just need to Sex be more changes. confident. <laughs> be more confident in your abilities because there are so many good women this year that are doing well and I just want to race everybody <laughs> all the time. Please, please. The major issue isn't, isn't necessarily competitive. I just think there's, there's not enough participation. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. just... All the advertising, everything's very male-centric. The problem is all of these races are going out of business because they can't get enough money. Yeah. Right? Now you're cutting the participation in half. Yeah. Well, I think that... the this also comes down to my big issue at the world. I know we bring it back full circle, but my daughter loves obstacle racing. She's mad for it, but by the end of the day, she was crying on day four because she was bored. Now, there was an opportunity there to get a nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I know it's young, but that's where, you know, if you start training now, she's got monkey bars at home, she plays I around on. I would love it when I was nine to get to an Exactly, but if the races aren't offering it, and it, your number one race in the season, you know, the gold race for most athletes is the OCR Worlds, aren't offering something for young mm-hmm. women and young, young boys to get involved then it's really disappointing but it always starts at grassroots we should yeah, just clarify that other genders are available if you are so inclined yeah, we're, not being we're not male we're female not specific fine. Nick alone today did use a gender neutral toilet and I did for it, so. I did yeah. yeah what's next sorry Nick and James I'm Becky I need to interrupt you for an important announcement listeners James and Nick need your help Please, when you get a moment, type Mud Run Guide nominations into Google. Click the link. It will take you to an awards nominations page. Scroll to the bottom and under Best OCR Podcast, please type OCR Disrupt. They want this OCR Disrupt podcast on the shortlist for when the full voting opens on the 7th of December and therefore need your help. That's all for now. Back to the rumblings of Nick and James. OCR Disrupt, attempting to tackle controversial conversations. Well, Ooh, for the relay. just for open relay. a can of worms. So, Team UK selection, for those of you who don't know, you cannot represent men's. Team GB men, so there's no <laughs> Team GB women. Team GB, inverted commas, um, if you race in the age categories. You have to race in the elite race, and it's the top three men from the long course elite race that will be selected and then should they want to, they will represent them. Yeah. This year we had no John, um, which left, I believe, Ross Brackley, James Afton, and Dan Corner. But Dan Corner then went to a second team. 
So they had to fill from the third, who was Jason Brunner, is it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he was I in the team, so. wasn't he? So yeah, yeah muscle team. Um, another great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there was a lot of upset yeah. that Tristan wasn't able to go into that team <clears throat> because the race, the rules that were set out by John. Were, which fair so you know he's the captain of the team has won it every year rightfully so he's the guy that wins I think he's the right guy to make the decision should be that you have to qualify in the elite race to do it and Tristan obviously ran age which is absolutely fine because he went and won and he did exceptionally well but you know he was obviously then upset and a lot of his fans were upset that he couldn't race in that so where do you guys stand on that? But I think this comes down to a more base <coughs> level of we need some kind of governance generally and some rules and someone setting it and someone to agree to it. Well, I think it's good with him, though, is he's openly said if he didn't come top three of the UK, he's going to. But if he wasn't one of the top three, if he failed and didn't do it, then he wouldn't be in the team. Yeah. So I yeah. think he's captain. He's not He's not guaranteed his place. Yeah. But, you know, he's well, just one of the, We're one of the biggest participators in these ACR <coughs> World events. Mm. And yet all the other European bodies that come over have a European body and council that govern it. The US do, Poland do. I'm not sure if you remember when we had Accra. Things weren't exactly mm. rosy. No, well, no. I'm not saying they were, yeah. but it doesn't mean we shouldn't have one. No, if we want to progress it yeah, as, a, as a so-called sport, then we need, you know, mm. there should be, I think, uh, someone, hopefully, as passionate as they are, who's able to front that, and then you can develop rules that are just set democratically, whether you like it or not. And then you can have these things decided. But I'm not sure how that will impact the teams that are left over. For example, if if I get into the team, what happens to my teammates that are always going to run with? Because they need. Really, well, I'm, I'm in the same team as you, so I'm really proud that I have a team member who's representing Team GB. That's because it's a genuinely GB team. Yeah. It's not a Team Phoenix, Team Muscle. It's a genuine UK team because yeah. you've been re- you're representing. If that Muscle. stops them from racing because they can't have a Team Three anymore, will they be? Sad about that? Like they're happy for you to, mm. they're proud of you, but they can't race. You always need a reserve. We've got twenty people in our team, of course. We yeah. race. No, no, I, no, I, I don't agree with it at all. It's the same it's as happened. representing England in football. Yeah. I, I play for, you know, if I play for Spurs, great team. That's who I'd love to play for by the <laughs> opportunity. But if I play for England, I, I go and, and that happens in, in cricket. Yeah, so cricket go, all the time. Okay. If you play yeah. Test cricket, the league, unlike in football, where you, you don't play a league game when an international's on, mm-hmm. in cricket, cricket league games continue. You mm-hmm. just you just away from your league team. So to be honest, most England cricketers never go back to their league team. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I'd be nothing but proud if I had However, teams going through. I think Becky's point is that you win on a Saturday, for example. You know, say Becky won the World Championships on a Saturday. And now she's picked for Team GB on the Sunday. Her team that she was originally going to be in now have to replace her. No, but you, be less be fair. If you know that's going to happen, you you pre-plan and go. Look, there's an opportunity here. But I mean, you, well, Dan Corner wouldn't have known. Jason Brunner wouldn't have known. No, but we would know. So we would have we would have planned a backup, and we had Rob Border as a backup if Dan wanted to go up. If you know that's a possibility that yeah. you may podium or you may be one of the top three, yeah. then you, as a team, you yeah. go. Once well, it's accepted by people and people know that this is what's going to happen, I mean, then it's possibly it begrudge you from going to represent, genuinely represent. Right. I don't mean wear a UK yeah. top and go, I'm, I'm representing yeah. which I'm, you know, I'm not, oh, I am. Yeah, we're somewhere. Oh, let's not criticise Team UK here. I wore Team UK top, right? So I'm one of those people, but the fact of the matter is, we're representing in a different way to, yes, to you know, a, a genuinely selected team. So yeah, yeah, um, and I think it'd be really exciting if next year the Worlds we had something happen within the sport within to the say, UK. actually, this is a team. And whether we do it from the top three athletes from Mudstickle League or whether we do it through yeah. uh, John's I think selection. previous day is the way to go. And um, especially if it's at home, if it's, well, it is at home again, it was in the UK and it'd be a good way to showcase the country. Let's go top three in Mudstickle League if you haven't got John in it. No, true. true. It's, well, then, yeah, yeah right. we set it out so everyone understands it, then no one's upset later. Yeah. And if Tristan wants well, to be in it, that? because he's, he's good enough, then he knows he has to go into the Elite Wave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, James Burton smashed my age group this year, and he's already publicly said, I'm going Elite Wave next year. And kudos to that. If he ends up getting a good finish and he's top three, James Burton absolutely should be in that team over, in my view. If he's mm-hmm. taking that risk, he should be in that over and above someone who wins an Elite Wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a different race. So, if I, you know, James Burton this year did really yes. well and won our weight, but he didn't do the barrel roll, he didn't do some of yes. the obstacles that were in the elite race. Yeah. So you, you can't even compare times. Different conditions can do different times. And um, then it's suddenly it's a lot shorter. Like if you win race. 15k, if you're the best over 15k, it doesn't mean you're going to be the best at doing the technical section of no. the relay or the strength. But even the short course this year, my wave was definitely the hardest <coughs> wave to go. We were right at the morning when it was wet and freezing cold. Mm-hmm. So if you got a faster time well, later, so it should be just elite wave only, where everyone's got the same conditions. Yeah. I think elite wave only, and I think you're right in saying just because it's 15k doesn't mean you're going to be the best person for the race the next day. But there is no way of making it fair unless yeah. you just say the best. And then you and sit there and you go, well, we've got these three people. Yeah. You're probably the strongest. John's probably the quickest. You're probably the best at yeah. technical. Off you go. Yeah. Otherwise, if you start picking people from all over the place, then 
Like, you know, you're going to pick someone who's maybe running in the journeyman way through the technical. <clears throat> and also, a way well, to increase participation is to have something to aspire to. Yeah. yeah. If a woman thinks she might be quick enough to run, she's more likely to go on to the elite wave and go, actually, I will, I will go into the elite wave this because I, I really want to represent my country, you know, or whatever it might be. And, I mean, OCRWC are doing that sort of heading in that direction next year because the teams are only going to be based on countries, so you can't mix countries yeah. with the teams. It's, so it's either you have your top three all-rounders from the 15k and make the best really thing or you do a whole separate thing where you audition essentially to be the best strength section which I don't think that's part of no. that's not easy I agree, I agree. So. although I agree with the decision that Tristan shouldn't have been in that UK team mm. based on that criteria he did absolutely smash his he would have been yeah. second fastest seventh overall yeah so, so he should have been in the elite race to do it I mean you know but all, anyway, he, it would have he been still proved his point even though he wasn't in the world race so, you know. although I think the team race that was, that was my only gripe because I needed the team race they did medals this year they finally did medals for it I know so we've been in that top three for the two years prior me telling me and they've never had medals and this year they did bloody medals three out of four years I've been on a podium for it and finally they've got a medal for it so yeah no my only gripe for the team race because it's the only one I did so I can't talk about it is um, the run did you run? I oh, know I did the strength section the first time this year that you, quad, what did you do? technical Jesus oh, we've got that fucking team. Christ that run it was a run like, I think the strength was harder than the run it was five K just as far but you had to hold a bloody sandbag on your back five K with one wall yeah, they want to. They need a few more things in there. Balance beam, yeah, and like a or shorter. Um, yeah, like a little fence you had to cross. I was like, where are the obstacles? Oh, and the full monty. Yeah, the waffle and the full monty, which I love. Never even think about that. But I was like, I, you know, I went out for the run. Uh, Interesting's team, and was like, oh, it's fine. I'll make up some time on the obstacles. They just never came. Mm. It was horrible. Time for a quick debate. Uh, should you be forced out of an age category after a number of years if you've been in it for too long? Obviously not moved up to the next age category. But let's say, for example, you win the age 20, whatever it is, age category, two years running. Should you then be forced into competing in the elite category? Um, I'm going to say basically, yeah, you should be kicked out because you're being unfair on other people. Uh, we need to let everyone have a go. It's a sport about taking part that counts, not the winning. <clears throat> I'm going to say if you want to hide away, then that's absolutely fine. But... Should you be forced to move around, you guys? What do you think, Becky? I think until other parts of the sport have progressed, then maybe it shouldn't be something that you have to do. Yeah. But it it is somewhere to go in the future. But the age groups are already quite small, mm. so it you know that might not actually well, last that moment. long. What about yourself, Nick? What do you? I'm think? definitely in the no category. I want to race against people that have the same or similar, same or similar commitments and issues mm. that I have. I.e., I've got to plan my training around being a dad to two kids. Know a full-time job you know all the other bits and pieces that most That's people in my age it. demographic are going to have yeah. similar commitments there's no point in me challenging myself against someone like John A I'd never be that good I'm not professional a athlete but the point is I don't have access to their levels of training time or any of those things or, or I'm older and your body does start to fail as I've noticed and you get more injured and recovery time is so longer even things. if you're getting the same results as yeah, I, well, I've been doing great. I still don't. I mean, I'm like Dan Corner, fair play. It never did a fifth ever race. Like, we went straight into the world, um, mm-hmm. into elite race, and came ninth, which is fantastic. Absolutely outstanding result. It is. And I think, but I think at his level, when he's got a background in winning sports anyway, I totally understand that decision. Like, he, he's probably not that motivated by winning his age group. Yeah, he, he wants to race the best, and that's how, I, that's how I feel. So you should definitely have the choice. And I think if I was at that level, maybe I would go elite. But for me, with the time I've got to train, which is very limited, yeah. I want to race against those like James Burton, who hammered me, by the way, in the age, in the age of this it's year. We've had good well. races in the past. Yeah. He's got two kids and a busy job and there's all the other stuff. Mm. So all I can do is take my hat off and go, well done. Absolutely smashed it. Um, by the way, I had absolutely no idea how much to put into it. He's in coaching, he's done racing abroad. I mean, it just shows if you put it in, that's, that's yeah. you get the results. So, time management. Um, and I'm now more motivated to race James again as a, team, as a teammate as well, and Daz, and those guys have similar things in the age group than I would someone who's, you know, in their twenties, mm. hasn't you know, university is their life like James and thinks that's a commitment. Uh sorry. I'm so busy. I've been in practice all day studying. <laughs> yeah, it's my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Well we won't be doing this at Bournemouth Uni next time, will we? Also, I have many kids. Yeah. So I have many kids, so <laughs> we'll always <laughs> yeah. just don't know about them. Yeah. I'll kick with you. We're a bit lucky today. We can do a kit review of the Innovate Graphene Mud Claws mm. because you've been really lucky as an Innovate ambassador. And by the way, I should mention is that she even has her own beer. 
<laughs> For those who don't know this, Becky has her own beer. Ma- it's Maverick. called Maverick. Is it Maverick? Well, it's a Maverick Trail. Maverick app. Trail beer with your picture on it running. Yes. In cartoon form. The Runner Bean Edition, it's called. So look out for the Runner Bean yeah. beer. Yeah. So if you get down to one of the Maverick races soon, you might be able to have a taste of the Runner Bean. There's <laughs> <laughs> a sound bite ever. <laughs> How does Becky taste? This is embarrassing. Grr. So you've raced in these at Challenge Cup and OCR World Champs. Tell yes. us about the Innovate Clackbean shoes. You can give it a plug for them because yeah. you're, you're an Innovate ambassador and yeah. they were at the Worlds with a big stand. They do look so, amazing. They're not available yet because they're still in yeah. testing. I will, I have spoken to Bruce at the stand saying I think mm. he should send both James and I a pair so mm, we can test your them. your sample size, are you? My sum, sample size is 10. What's yours, James? 12. 12. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they release them and then pull them the same day? Yeah. So, so I, I'm full of confidence. <laughs> that's because they want the quality, right? So they have, so they've got... Tell us about them, how have they been? Innovate are sponsoring the OCR World Championships this year. So they were there, you probably saw them, I think they sold a lot of shoes. But they've got the Graphene series, the G series that came out um, in the middle of this year. So there's three shoes in that. There's the ones for ultra running, the yeah. Terra um, Ultra. Then there's yeah. the Mud Claws, and then there's the F Light ones, which are for CrossFit. Yeah. So they're all, they've probably seen them, they're green. Yeah. Um, the Mud Claws, they also have without Graphene, there's the Mud Claws 300 coming out, which are, which are black. I have about nine pairs, I think. Some of the cross towns, which lots of people have already, the, the Orange 210s, which you did a review on earlier, they are made with sticky. And Innovate won our review, by the way. Yeah. Over, over the uh, iBox. Yes. So those are the, those are the cross town 210s, the orange ones, and they're made with sticky grip, which has some Graphene in it, but they wear down quickly because of the grippiness of the rubber. So the Graphene. Quickly. Yes, I know you've you worn yours out. One race, it looked like a sandpaper you blade to them. You walk yours around on the road all the time. I've seen you wandering around in them. Now that I do, they're road shoes now. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a second. You've <laughs> got a second pair. <laughs> so neither of them are worn out. But the graphene but... don't wear down, do they? They're yes, 50% so the stronger, is, allegedly. Yes. 50% more elastic and 50% more hard wearing. The difference is, yeah, they're more hard wearing. So, so the last two reasons. So you'll have the grip and you'll have the durability. If you've seen them, the lugs are massive. On Did the, you just on the point the finger and shush me? <laughs> I don't know who's on to. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, the mud claws have got these massive lugs, which which I found really useful at nuclear. Um, it's so muddy there, as, as everyone that's done the worlds or nuclear races will know. And it was really useful for going uphill, the ramps, all sorts of things, and I didn't have any grip problems. Did you notice a difference, those. like an improvement, or just, are they just for you, is the, is the benefit just the hard wearing, or was there actually a, a racing improvement? Yeah, I've done the ramp before last year at Challenge Cup and failed it. Okay. Because I felt like I slipped and I wasn't wearing the base then. And this year, with the graphene as well, because I've been racing in the, the other cross towers, the 230s, I've got um, the red ones, which are wider, because I know a lot of people worry about the precision fit. So yeah. if you have like those black and blue ones or black and teal ones for the ladies' yeah. colours, they're, they're precision fit, they're really narrow, um, and some people don't get on with that, but they've got wider ones, the, the red ones. So the science so, suggests that made with graphene, it's one atom thick carbon sheet is 200 times stronger than steel and it's lighter. Yeah, they've got lots of cool videos as well where you can see them testing them. They are erasing them, they, they were light and they've got this Kevlar upper layer coating yep. to help the durability. So of the, the main one for OCRs are going to be the mud core G260s. Yeah, for the, really, for the really muddy ones. The cross towns will still be good, like the orange ones are so light. Um, they've also got the red 210s, they're pretty good if you've got wider feet. And they're pretty light, 260 grams, not too bad. Yeah, Great. So for the amount of soles After on two them. two uses, they actually only weigh 200 grams. <laughs> <laughs> they're not cheap though, 130 quid. They look cool. <laughs> they look cool, they are cool. cool you know what, cool. they look very nice. Although, you can't see the green when you're covered in mud. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I did have a little um, play with them a lot at the uh, OCR World. Yeah. They, they looked amazing. Yeah, they, they do look And they come with gaiters. Um, you probably can't see them on the side That's of right. them. They've got these little slots where your gr- bright green gaiters fit in to you know protect things from going in your in your shoe. I didn't wear those to race in OCR, but um, a lot of other trail racers probably would wear those. Great. So they're obviously a shoe that you have no issue in recommending. I would definitely recommend. And the good news is Team Phoenix has a discount code people can use if they want to get 15% off on any Innovate products. I'm joined here with Tony Leary, who's going to tell you all the codes. So grab a pen, take note. Hi guys, uh, your code is innovate underscore nuclear phoenix underscore 15. So repeat that again for us, Tony. Innovate underscore nuclear phoenix underscore 15. He was desperate to get on this podcast. It's the only way I could fit him in. So uh, there you go. That's Tony Leary from Team Phoenix <laughs> with a 15% discount code. So um, make note and go and place some orders. Whoop, whoop. Would they be John? 
On to Would They Meet John and OCR, and as we are joined by Becky today, after many, many weeks of moaning that we are not gender neutral, she is coming in to I mean, join us. Becky has sent us emails, text messages, oh abuse, abuse messages. Abuse. Every time I say a nuclear theory training, she's yeah. like, you know, there's not enough female involvement in the podcast, why is it so male-centric, are you both just misogynists? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we brought Becky into the show. We're not I scared. Can't you, you know? but I can see it. <laughs> I can't kill you. <laughs> uh, so here we have Becky, and we're going to, you know, shoot one of my idols and someone that I think is amazing is Chrissy Wellington. So I'm not sure who I argue in what sense here. Are you both arguing Chrissy Wellington? Well, I'm definitely arguing Chrissy Wellington because she with her. would beat John Alban, in my view, because she's amazing. And like John, she's never really lost a race either. I just I don't know how to sit on this one, Becky. Is it because she's a woman? Who are you? So we have established that the misogynist in the team is definitely James because when I said I want to argue for Chrissy Wellington James went who? That was an age thing and was How it, old is she? Like was it? Born in 1977 Exactly 26 <laughs> years before me She's only 41 so yeah, How old are you then? Oh god Matt has not come my way today is it? Sorry 16 years before me <laughs> Wow She was winning things when I was in nappies which admittedly wasn't that long ago but. <laughs> So for those listening to this you're also going I don't know who Chrissy Wellington is and thinking that they should you so, should know to all our listeners Steph no I mean I Polish both. have no idea <laughs> <laughs> she's a former professional triathlete four time Ironman triathlon wow. world champion she never lost never lost an Ironman race she won her first Ironman race as an amateur against the pros yeah. in the amateur wave came through to win it she was if anyone's heard of the term you've been chipped that was coined by Chrissy Wellington because she was the first female that started passing the male pros. Mm-hmm. So it's literally the equivalent of Lindsay Webster overtaking Killian or John Alvin, just basically what was happening. She set the world record time. The first woman to go under nine hours. Mm-hmm. She was a machine, never lost. Even when injured, she had injuries in the race. She came through illness and uh, accidents in races. She was 12 minutes behind in one of the races against uh, Edmund de Carfrey in 2013 and still ended up winning. And in the end, at the top of her game, undefeated, Came a mum and went, I want to be mum now, I'm retired. And now does child school work. And I think that's pretty amazing. Mm. You know, every step of the way, I placed preconceived limits on myself, and others do that too. But, and every time I've reached those limits, they've kind of dissolved into the distance. And that has been the most empowering and enlightening thing about this whole journey. It's very amazing. Is she going to be done in a running race? Yes. In three races at Challenge Roth, 2009-2011, she raced it every single year she broke the record. Yeah, fine. Her current record, uh, Ironman record, stands at 8 hours, 18 oh. minutes and 13 seconds. My apologies, I didn't realise we were racing John in an Ironman race here. OBE as well, I should say. John has that OBE. That will shave 10 seconds off her time. So, I think she would, because she's never lost, doesn't know what losing is. So her first Ironman, she won that in Korea, qualified for Kona, went to Kona, only won that. Then she won Ironman Australia, followed that up with Ironman Germany, came back to Kona, and won that one as well. John has never lost an obstacle race. Ironman is unbelievably good sport. But just mm. because you're the female world champion of an Ironman... Never lost. Paula Radcliffe is the marathon female record holder. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be... Well, it's a seventh debate. She might be. What's her marathon PB? It's up 240 in an Ironman race. That's after the cycle and the swim. Wow. I believe that, I'm Googling it. She was the fifth fastest finisher, including the male pros <gasps> in 2000. Yeah, that is, that is, that is next level. I'm Googling this. So I've got down here that she set the world record marathon time for an Ironman at 2 hours 44. <laughs> not quite sub 2.40. However, we're not doing an Ironman here, nor are we okay, doing a marathon. Okay, so what are our categories then? The Just to put it into perspective before we start the debate, we've got a list here of some of her achievements. Ironman World Champ 2011, first Ironman World Champ, every single race. I don't know how many are there. Must be 50 races. Yeah. I see a second place. That's against the men. Is Second place. Yeah. <laughs> against the yeah. men. That's against the male pros. Just to put that in perspective. No, I mean, she, her record speaks for itself. It's exceptional. And if she was to race John in a triathlon, I think she would probably be John. I do not think if you take her off of it, and we are always basing our race on the last race that John did, mm. which would be the Spartan race. Trifecta World Championships. World Championships. I do not think she's going to run a 5K, a 15K, and a beast with those carries are saying I just don't think she can win I don't know how she's outrageously good I'm not like denying that but I don't think she's going to be gone so let's bring Becky into the conversation because you've, you've got some experience here because your husband is a real mad cyclist so you know yes. how difficult that is he likes cycling I've also I've also because I work as a physiologist and so I've 
prepared women who go to race at Kona in the heat chambers yeah. at work. Uh, so I have some knowledge of what they're going to experience there. You know, you have to take into consideration the conditions of that and the, the length of it. And so, over, so you, you know, if you want to compare just the marathon time, you've got to you've got to take off a few minutes because of those extra stresses like the heat and the extra distance before. So it's just definitely it's a close. It's close. And do you use John's own version? You know, well, as soon as a runner comes into the sport of a proper athlete, I think that, I'll get that beaten. Point is becoming valid now that we've had so many. She's also got that strength from those other disciplines, which against and you've John. got to be tough to. Like that's one of those. I, I get this tenacity. And so if we were to take Christy at a prime and put it against Lindsay Webster at a prime, I back Christy every day. She's not as fast as the male Ironman World Championships. Lindsay's not as fast as John. I don't don't see her being on the bridges of the gap. So do you, would you say that Christy would beat all the women in any OCRs? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fair. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, I think it's yeah. likely. Let's just throw this one out there as well. Chrissy has just failed the rig. Chrissy's just failed the spear throw. John's got more practice. She's got to do 30 burpees. John's going to overtake her. John's not going to get the burpees. But that's, that's a myth if she fails. Spears, John, everyone fails one day. But the other obstacles, she's going to fail one. Well, she's a swimmer. Spartan she's got that voice. She doesn't weigh anything. She wouldn't fail Spartan She wouldn't fail anything They're not difficult. She's, I mean, she swims professionally. She's strong. And she doesn't yeah. weigh anything. And she holds that position on the bike for how long? Exactly. I held it for a lot longer than she did, by the sounds of it. So you did it in, like, 17 hours. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> 18 hours. Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> uh, I think it was a 14-hour cut, I think. You didn't beat 14 hours, did you? Yeah. I have to Google this. I don't think James made it. 15 hours and 13 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just shy of two Chrissy Wellington Ironmans. <laughs> let's, let's also throw out there that I found out two days beforehand that I was going to be doing an Ironman. I had to buy a bike and had never classic swung. Classic James. Is this the classic James that I hate excuses? I think you'll find I came first in my age category. Who, the only person oh, in I was the only person in my age category. <laughs> so I want endurance. Who would win? I could say Chrissy. I'd go Chrissy. I'm saying John. So we're, we're giving one point to Chrissy Wellington against... John's never lost, by the way, so this is, could, be, could be tight. Even, even mm. beat Rocky Balboa. Well, you want to give John speed, don't you? So we're giving Chrissy one point for endurance. Speed. Yeah. Quite a better time. So John can have a point for speed. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm giving endurance to... to and, and speed off-road as well. It's not like he's doing that on the on the flat road. And this is another so point. He's, he's got that. Endurance. Now, I think you could argue either way here. She's got a longer oh, yeah, Ironman endurance. You lost. Me and Becky. She's got a longer Ironman endurance. He's got... I think endurance would be zero points for mm-hmm. both of them. But we've already outvoted with you. Yeah. If you have only right, so yeah, one, yeah. one point. Chrissy obstacles, right? We've got to give it to John. Yeah. Obstacles, history. We're on to give it to Chrissy. We're in an obstacle race. Got Just because she's fifty years old and has done thirty-eight thousand more races doesn't mean she gets the history point. She has done an OCR. Has she done an OCR that you're aware of? You've read a book. You know her life story. Thank you. We'll go see her at Challenge I think I think we let the Queen win the vote, and she has no BE. John doesn't. Yeah. And that's history. I'm not a royalist person. I think we should turn back and compare into an Audi. Cool. So let's move on from that. World champion who also and until John don't has... be through world champion. Out. John's got more world championship titles <laughs> than so she has. Not of a real sport. I can't argue with that. <laughs> and you're the one that usually argues through a real sport. Yeah, it's not a real sport. And in, a, argue. in addition to that, until John is at a level where he's coined his own phrase. That he's oh, gone yeah. worldwide. You've being been chicked John came from really Chrissy Wellington. You're not saying that more. You should. You've been chicked. You used to go past the pros and go, you've been chicked. Which I think brilliant I think it's sexist and she's disgusting uh, strength yeah John's strength because it's this strength in this discipline well, it's obstacle racing we don't know about this we're not taking John and putting I him into a I think we need to bring a doctor into the equation someone who tests sports <laughs> for do. a living yeah and you all have an idea of the kind of strength that a world champion undefeated world record holding triathlete would have <laughs> who's going to be stronger I think this might have to be a draw but I'll, I'll let Becky no. well, have a deciding but way. how much in OCR is it, is it pure strength it's, it's strength we're in a Spartan race here, so we've got carries. Yeah, hoists. but that's... Okay, the hoist is probably the, the most strength one. That's when you need that, that brute strength, that, that grow, again. Um, but it, but the carries, they're not so much pure strength as much as I like to pretend they are, because I'm not very good at them. Mm-hmm. But I think she has enough strength to be able to do them, and enough... enough she has enough strength to be able to do endurance. them. She doesn't have enough strength to do them and at, in, at the same pace. pace as John. Not at the same pace as John. I think she could do it at pace. Like yeah. a sandbag carry, that's not going to but slow down. But at the same much. pace as John. Oh, is that what we're arguing? No, we've, we've done the we've done the speed debate. This is completely separate. No, no, this is isolated. No, no. Yeah, this is strength debate. The problem is, that you're not just picking it up and standing still. You've still got to cover a mile. Yeah, right, but, but that's just one aspect of strength. John failed at the OCR Euros because of his grip strength not holding out. I don't think. Um, I think you've just said that this obstacles are Spartan are so easy that we don't consider them as obstacle related in this in your argument. <laughs> so we can throw you out the window on that one. So yeah, it's. it's because she's definitely got strength. Like, from the cycling, definitely. I'm not denying that. 
Yeah. So we're and saying I think, probably a draw. I think most of that <laughs> is transferable. <laughs> you get the deciding vote. Thing. I personally think it should be a draw, but you, you decide what you think it needs to be. I don't think you want to get the bus home. <laughs> you can't <laughs> blackmail me. <laughs> I think I think strength for Ocean, she wouldn't beat John. Thank you. So that's three two to John. Now we bring in our own categories. You're up. I'm gonna go for mental strength. Yeah. She wins due to the two thousand well the the Iron Man where she had third degree level burns, injuries, had twelve minute twelve minutes behind to come back and beat Marinda Carfe to remain undefeated when she was in intense pain. She actually read The Art of War, or part of The Art of War before the race to get her mindset going, and still won. So from mental strength, as you said in this podcast, to quote you back, John's never been in a position where he's had to really draw on those reserves. And that's funny, because that's my point now. Untested. Is that John has beaten everyone in the world, and ran the last five miles of the world this time around chatting and having conversation. But that's not... But that's not showing mental strength. It's not. It's showing, showing that he doesn't even need to have it because he's so far in front of everyone in the he world. But he hasn't raised Chrissy Wellington. Okay, so they both have mental strength. But she's so got more gonna... for this point. I'll allow that. It's a different application of mental strength. I cannot think of a category because we've well, gone through everything. It's a tricky one because, you know, like, just generally honestly, sounding sexist, man versus woman, yeah. man world champion in this sport... Yeah. Versus women world champion in another outrageously hard sport, but not this sport. It, it does make it difficult because, physiologically speaking, we're we're not as good at a lot of things. And I'm not saying that women aren't as good as men at sports. Physiologically, yes, she's at a discount. So that's my category. Physiologically, she's less likely to win. Yeah, but she can't help that. <laughs> I didn't care if she can help it or not. This is why this is a hypothetical debate. I'm happy with the draw. Right, let's go to the group. Debate, discuss. The group has to decide. The, group decide. the book, for those on the way, it's well worth the read. It's called A Life Without Limits. Have you got shares in this or something? No, I just... She, I just think she's amazing. I generally do. I really hope that the book serves as a as an inspiration to, to everyone, but particularly to young girls and 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 women that can look at me and realise that they too can live their life without limits. To try and def- encourage them to defy what they think is possible. Community fundraising that needs your support. So we've got uh, community shout-outs. I want to do a shout-out. We could, you could really do with some support here. James Burton is trying to hit 100,000 Wolfpack burpees. So you can sign up and find out more about it if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Wolfpack burpees. But you get to sign up. I think you have to do 1,000 burpees in 30 days. The overall target is to do... Actually, I think sign up to do either... But you can contribute some, can't you? Can you can Yes, we're trying to hit 100,000 in total. So just to clarify, he's trying to do 100,000 burpees, but he's asking you to do them for him. Correct. <laughs> There's different ways. But you pay to enter, and the money goes towards the Big Change charity, which is a charity that invests in big ideas that offer alternative ways of supporting young children, and it's well worth getting involved. James is really heavily involved in it, so if you are you know, in training mode or you want to contribute to his Wolfpack Challenge, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Wolfpack Burpees. I'll put a link in the episode notes. I'm sure he would be really useful if you could sign up and get involved. Yeah. And he sends out badges so you can yeah, win. patches. You get patches once you've achieved it. It's, it's a whole group thing going on. Everyone chatting about it and sort of motivating each other so that's uh, that's something really good it's a really important OCR community shout out which James has been nominated <laughs> oh! for a Mustacon award ironically oh well tell us about the award James I'm nominated for Unsung Hero for calling too many people a bunch see you next Tuesday <laughs> and he needs votes he needs votes so I'm not I don't think I do <laughs> so look go to Mustacon if you haven't got a link go to Mustacon's website and vote for James to win the Unsung Hero Award for OCR let's get him to win that award I mean this is pro bono you're doing this right this is the OCR sure. Disrupt Podcast yeah. his own time spent putting this stuff together I think he's Wait, how much worthy. time do I spend putting this together <laughs> worthy of the award time. we need votes we need votes if you listen to this right now it takes you two seconds to go to Mustagall and vote for James let's get James to win Fine. the OCR and Sun Hero Award yeah follow in Becky's shoes and vote for someone else okay. I really don't know why I've been nominated for that I've done nothing but upset people all year you are my Unsung Hero competition time and athlete shout outs we have the Eddie Weston Award. Oh, we do, don't we? And we have Robin to thank for the Eddie Weston Award. Uh, he said, Otherwise known oh, as yeah. Supergrass. <laughs> Supergrass. <laughs> who picked yeah, out 
Mark Dickey, who was at the World Champs. He's an American, not an American. Mark Dickson, not Mark Dickson. No, not like Mark Dickey, who came over from the, from the States to the one of the World Champs, mm-hmm. and on Facebook was ousted for, and I'll read it out to you, well done to all the marshals today, especially the one in the background here, who held firm and made Dickey take his band out of his pocket mm. and hand it over after failing the whole obstacle. He protested he had already lost it, but held firm, and hey presto, band appeared from pocket. Oh no! Be vigilant tomorrow, please, marshals, and well done. Well done. So, Eddie Weston award goes to Mark Dickey. Yeah, well and done. I'd like to throw out a second award. Dick of the day actually goes to Mark Dixon for running off the start line of the world so far, like a steam train, like an absolute bullet, which is his nickname. Yeah. That when he got to the ditches and tried to jump, his legs didn't even touch the ground, and he just chested the ditches. <laughs> So he was running so fast when he turned that corner, so fast when he went to take the leap that he actually couldn't jump because his legs were going at max already, and so he didn't make and the he jump. And, and he just himself. jumped and winded himself when he hit yeah. the bank on the next yeah, side. Pretty treacherous. Injured himself and actually killed his race. Yeah, he, he absolutely so destroyed yeah. himself, didn't he? So dick of the day to him for what was probably the funniest moment of my life. Some of the best running footage I've ever seen. He was an so absolute fun. steam train. Yeah, I really hope there's a video of him just going into the bank. There is a share of something similar oh god Monique should have snapped the hands have you seen oh my that she, she does exactly that but she it's lunges and puts one leg on top one leg at the bottom of the ditch and then just pulls the out of her I've literally just hurt myself trying to like, visualise yeah I think you need to come up with the dick of the day award as well Robin's for the, the best caterpillar yeah oh yeah <laughs> and losing to his brother by one second and then losing to his brother by one second I can't. I don't think you can go. give him a dick of the day award for losing to his brother by one second. You're in his team. He'll kick you out. Like, <laughs> yeah, Eddie Wetton award. Mark Dickey. Well, so we've got dick of the day. Mark Dixon. Like this part. Oh, what? Too controversial. <laughs> yeah, and then Robin for the caterpillar, I guess. Right. Thank you to Becky Thank for coming you. along and receiving Becky a bit. Thank you, for joining us. And we hope you've enjoyed your one appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I saved you the just day. Went off topic. <laughs> I'm not going to let you in born for <laughs> You didn't let us in. We invited you in once we were here. Shh, don't tell anyone. I hope you've enjoyed part A of the OCR Disrupt podcast episode four. There's certainly lots of great debate to come in part B. My particular favourite is should elites have to qualify for elite races? So stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, enjoy part A and let us know what you think. Join the chat, facebook.com forward slash OCR Disrupt. Speak to you soon. You've been listening to the OCR Disrupt podcast. If you want to join the conversation, check out the OCR Disrupt Facebook group and get involved in the debate. Until next time. Bye.